Good morning. Happy, what is it, Friday, Thursday morning? Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Welcome to another episode of Crowded Booth. Bryce Good alongside Matthew Lang. Matthew's been on with us the past couple times. It's conference championship week. About time. About time. You play 12 games all season. It comes down to this. Uh, we're going to talk about some <coughs> conference championship football. We were talking to Carl on the way over here today. There's really only what, two to three games that really matter right. in the grand scheme of uh, the college football playoff. We want to thank you for watching. We're watching on Facebook. We want to thank you for listening. If it's on iTunes or SoundCloud as well, make sure to follow us on all social media as well. But we're going to dive right in. Matthew, we're going to first talk about the. I don't know. Let's just go ahead and talk about the games that really don't matter. Uh, <laughs> you know, you hate to say that, but American Conference, you have Memphis and Cincinnati. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a really good game, though. Really Memphis good. is going to win, though. It's going to be a better game than some of the Power 5 Conference championships. And they just played last week in the same place. So, I mean, it's a bit, they're just redoing the game from last week. And, I mean, I'm going to take Memphis to win. Their offense is electric. There's no defense in the game. So, if you like just offense, 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 you probably should watch that game because there's no such thing as defense. And if... If I'm not wrong, Cincinnati has one in their Yeah, that and then Memphis. Memphis, last, Memphis last week. So one non-conference loss. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a face-off again. <clears throat> uh, we've seen in recent years, it's really tough to beat a team twice, right. especially back in that week. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah. I think that's the only thing that Memphis has uh, concerns about. You know, Cincinnati has now seen a full 60 minutes of right. their offense versus Memphis's defense and their defense versus Memphis's offense. And just that neutral side would probably be more of a toss-up, but the fact that it's at Memphis is like, yeah, I think there's a couple conferences that do it like that, and I'm not really sure how I feel about that. I think the Sun Belt does that. They're having their first ever conference championship game this year. I oh, think it's in Boone, North Carolina. Yeah. They'll be playing up against App State. Or App State will be playing against uh, Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette yeah. and the Raging Cajuns. So, yeah, I mean, first, what do you think? Do you think they should all go neutral sites? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that, that's, a, I mean I, that's what makes it fair. And, you know, the fact that it's in Mercedes fans, like, for the SC championship, you may say that, you know, George and I have way more fans. I mean, they split, they split the tickets up pretty evenly. And then at that point, it's just a matter of who gets the tickets. And I mean, I imagine it'll probably be like 60 40 Georgia. I don't think it'd be something ridiculous. But it won't be like it was a couple of years ago, I think, when they played Auburn. And it was like 70 30. Yeah, that was close to 80 20. Yeah. In the national championship game that year, I don't. I don't quite remember. I think it was a lot of Georgia fans. Alabama usually travels well. Obviously, they're going to be watching from uh, from from the couch this year. That's right, baby. Yeah, they're going to be watching <laughs> the couch. So will Auburn. I know. I saw that meme that came out about. Uh, I think it was Gus Malzahn shaking Nick Saban's hand. Said, "All right, man, you, should, you and your wife should come over and watch this championship <laughs> game next week." Uh, obviously, it's going to be Georgia and LSU. We're going to talk really in depth about that. Which looks some of the games: App State, Louisiana, Lafayette. App State was a team that. For a group of five team, they were in the conversation. And this does go a long way for them, I guess, trying to get that New Year's Six Bowl. They're in the top 25 this year, too. And so, and so you go, if Cincinnati wins, which, I mean, we're not going to get totally into this, but if Cincinnati wins, they'd be a two-loss champion. Or if App State won, they'd be a one-loss group of five champion. So they might get that group of five slot in that New Year's Six Bowl. I know there's some other... I'm not even really sure who's going to the Mountain West. I guess it's Boise State. Yeah, it's it's they're, playing Hawaii, they're playing Hawaii. They're playing Hawaii. They're going to smoke them. Um, but other than that, I mean, Conference USA, there's not really any, any big challengers out of that conference. Well, that group of five team always plays up because that's like their national championship. Kind of like with Houston beating Florida State, what was that, four, three, four years ago? Yeah. So, like, don't get surprised when the bowl game comes around and they play up to – Whoever standards that they're playing, and it's a great game because 
and you could say this is bogus, but I mean, that's literally their national championship. That's their national championship chance to prove on the national stage exactly. that they have what it takes. And I think as well as you look at too, that team that's coming in to play them usually and typically often, they they're coming off a conference championship loss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they're coming off a championship a good it, it is, it is. But it's going to be interesting to see how those games pan out. Then I think when you get to Power 5, um, obviously we'll go with the first one, probably the easiest one to predict, we hope. Well, who knows, college ball can create some chaos. I think when you look at uh, Clemson and Virginia. Uh, that's Clemson the team is for real. Virginia, kudos to you for yeah. getting. But that talks about the inconsistency of the ACC. I think it's for the past seven years, seven different teams have won the coaching division and gone to the, and gone to the conference championship. So I think when you have some – that goes along the lines of that, it's just, okay, well, um, good luck. Uh, can be the sacrificial lamb for the yeah. Tigers if they make their way to the playoffs. Well, I think the first part of the year, we all thought Clemson was shaky. We were all like, okay, they lost that defensive line. Their defense is a little sketchy. Trevor Lawrence, I think his touchdown interception ratio was like 9-7. to seven. So, I mean, he had a terrible start, and now it's like 30-11. I mean, I mean, he's, he's going insane right now, and so – I think he's finally cooled down. He's got the hype off him about being a freshman, leading his team to a perfect season, national championship, or national champions. I think he's kind of gotten that off his shoulders. That thing's starting to relax a little bit. And they're for real. Their defense is not taking any, any steps back. I mean, I know it's their, their front four may not be the same, but overall defense, they're for real. Their DBs are great. Their linebackers are great. And they're just complete. Their receivers are insane. Travis Etienne, of course, top three back in the country most likely. So, I mean, they're just like an all-around complete team, good coaching. Um, they're going to be serious in the playoffs. So I think them and Ohio State um, are going to make some noise. I mean, I think LSU's great. I just don't know how that team's going to hold up with the defense. Um, against elite offenses. Against elite offenses. And, like I said, Ohio State and Clemson are the most complete teams. LSU has the best resume. It's not close. That's why I think they should get the number one spot. Yeah. But if you're talking about complete teams, like I think they're more complete. Yeah. But I think that's, I mean, it's clear cut. Those are the top three teams, and that's going to be fun to watch in the playoff. It's going to be fun to watch those teams in the playoff. And I think a lot of teams, like you said, after that near loss in North Carolina, where Clemson's able to play off. That was a lot of call. It was. And I think you still got to acknowledge the fact that they have arguably a top five running back in college football in Travis Etienne. He's a he's a he's, he's, a, he's a game changer. The defense is a lot like Georgia's this year, where last year you had some, some stars on that defensive line. Right. And Georgia had that two years ago with Raquan Smith, and that's what I've been telling people. This is a Georgia defensive unit. We're going to talk a lot about that. That doesn't have necessarily a star. They have a really good unit of guys that play together. I think the Kirby Smart defense has arrived because exactly. they're young. Like, I mean, we have a top three defense in the country, and I say we, like I'm out on the team, I'm out on the fan. Yeah. Georgia. <laughs> but but uh, I think – we're, I mean, they're very young, but they are elite, and they're just going to grow. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think they're only losing two or three players on defense. So it's extremely young, extremely talented, and a lot of depth. That's the key part of that. Like Tyreek Stevenson, I think he's going to be the player of the game this Saturday. It's just I think it's yeah. either going to be him or it's going to be somebody that's secondary. Maybe I think Richard LeCount. I'm, I'm thinking Richard LeCount or uh, Tyreek Stevenson. We'll get to predictions about that game in a minute. But I think those two are the key players to the game. And Tyreek Stevenson's a freshman. Oh, yeah. That's my whole point about this. We have so many studs on that defense that are young. I think they're just going to grow, gain experience. We're going to continue to get depth and recruiting. I think that Kirby Smart defense has officially arrived. You, you talked about that defense, and you look at what Clemson's done. They kind of have the same solid unit. 
Oh, yeah. uh, of a good defense. I think they roll Virginia in the ACC championship. That's from You look at another one that is probably a little bit easier to predict. Um, Wisconsin, look, they are a good football team. Good You're defense. not going to take it away. Then I think they came out and uh, within the top ten, I think, maybe, or, or a little bit. They were eight or nine. No, something in the playoff race. They're eight or nine. I think they're eight or nine. But they're a top 15 team right. year in and year out. And they have Jonathan Taylor, who's going to go down as one of the best running backs in Wisconsin history. And a line of Wisconsin running backs that you had Monty Ball and Melvin Gordon. Some good running backs have been produced. I think he's just passed Herschel Walker's uh, rushing record. Oh, yeah. Four year starter, great guy. Herschel only played three, so I mean. So it's okay. <laughs> but it's okay. But yeah, so I think Jonathan Taylor, you got that. Their problem is they just don't have a playmaker going back. No. They don't. They have a, a good defense, a good offensive line. But you're going to play an Ohio State team. Justin Fields is healthy. I just I hate know. watching him play because we could have. Like we could have had him, but you know, whatever. It's okay. Hindsight, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's <laughs> one of those things where you see now. Justin Fields is a great playmaker. Oh my gosh, I mean, he's unreal. They torched Michigan. Yeah. Uh, I think the only concern there is their defense gave up some points and some yards to Michigan to an offense that really is not the not Michigan strong. So they're a defensive-minded right. team. And I say that they gave up fifty-six points to Ohio State. That just shows you how talented this offense is. Yeah. But you look at that Ohio State team. I think they're the most complete team in college football. Now, obviously, you're going to have to play the games out and see what happens with this playoff. But I think no matter what happens on Saturday, I think they've clinched their spot in the playoff. I think LSU and Ohio State have clinched it. They're, yeah, they, I agree. They, they really – a loss is really unless, – unless Wisconsin goes in there and just – Which one? 45 to nothing, which is not going Justin to Justin Mills would have to get hurt. Chase Young would have to get hurt. Just Dobbins place. would just have to not get on the bus <laughs> at the stadium. Yeah, I mean, a lot of there's stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, that game's going to be in Indianapolis, Indiana, Lucas Hall Stadium, home with Colts. That's a fun environment. You talked a lot about when we were saying this. They should be a lot of these conference championship games are in NFL stadiums, so that gives guys the chance to experience that, which is really cool. Um, you know, like you said, Mercedes Benz, ACC's in Charlotte where the Panthers play. Right. But that that's a lot of fun. I think also when you look exactly how it shakes out, Ohio State's clinched their spot. They're going to be in the so they win that one. Well, that gives us the SEC championship and the Pac-12. We'll right. take a look because we're probably going to talk about the SEC championship game the most, just as well we're most familiar with. Playoff seeding, playoff seeding. Pac-12. I'm just who do, who do you have? You have a two-loss Oregon team that listen. They don't. They can't go to the playoff, but they can still make a Rose Bowl, and that's a, that's a big feather in the cap for this program. Yeah, was really good about <clears throat> the beginning of this decade. Right, kind of had a lull with the coaching change with Chip Kelly leaving, and now it's kind of back on that national stage. Who, do you think that they make that upset? Because Utah has a talented backfield duo. And their defense isn't bad, and obviously Utah's going to be more motivated to win the game because they're playing for a playoff spot. But, I mean, obviously Oregon's going to be playing, you know, spoiler, and they're going to want to go to the Rose Bowl. And so, I don't know, it's a tricky game. I I think Oregon's overrated. I think they have been for the past couple of weeks. I, like, I didn't – I'm not going to say, oh, I thought Arizona State was going to beat them because I, I, I didn't. But I thought they'd be able to keep it close because, I mean, I've been watching Oregon like the past – like four weeks, probably consistently. Matthew stayed up late for those packs. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just, I, I just love football. <laughs> and so, but their defense is not good. I think Herbert's. I wouldn't say he's oh, like a really overrated, but I think he's kind of overrated. Yeah. Um, I think that showed against Arizona State. Um, but also their defense played terrible. It's not good. That's why I think Utah will win that game because Oregon has no defense and Utah does. Um, I think they'll be a little more motivated to win the game. Um, but I like them more as a complete team. Um, 
was it Nick Conley? I think that's his quarterback. His quarterback's name. I know his last name's Conley. I yes. think it's Nick Conley. Yeah. yeah. But he's a really talented quarterback, dual threat. He can run the ball. Um. Uh. Who's their running back? Moss. Um, yes. Something that, shows, something that shows you how much we know about. I, I wish I, I wish I knew their first name, but uh, he's a talented running back, and like I said, their defense is good. So I think they'll be able to beat Oregon unless Justin Herbert has a game of his life. But I see Utah winning that game, and that, I mean, know what happens at that point. It's just like it's it. just a wait and see how Georgia does because if Georgia wins, obviously they're in. If they lose, that's where you have to talk about Oklahoma, Utah. Well, I was on the radio earlier this week talking with um, with with the guy down about Austin. I was like, if Georgia wins this game, and everyone wins out. Your four is going to be the same just a different order. Yeah, um, we'll play Clemson, and um, and it really won't matter who gets in two and three because it just decides who it worries about. I assume we'll play in Mercedes Benz for uh, that two three because I I would assume that Ohio State will go to Glendale. For the Fiesta, Fiesta, and they'll play LSU because I think they'd still be the four. That's, I'm saying if we win this championship, we'll get to the predictions. Yeah. But I'm just saying a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll go to Arizona and we'll play Clemson and Mercedes Benz. That will be a high ticket price game right there. That'd be awesome. That would be because this, this is a that'd be a traditional rivalry. Oh, oh yeah. Well, we're going to talk a little more about that. Uh, Big 12 championship. You have Oklahoma, Baylor. Oklahoma obviously had the infamous 28-3 lead, or Baylor did have the 28-3 lead. That's something you never, never want to have, apparently. Never want to lead a game 28-3. I don't think I can recall a game that had that score. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> uh, Baylor leads that one 23 in Waco, and they end up dropping this. Another one of those scenarios where it's hard to beat a team twice in a month. Right. Do you think Baylor makes the correct adjustments? And I'll say this about Jalen Hurts. You know, Jalen Hurts has not been the same that Kyle Murray or Baker Mayfield's been in the offense. He's a good player, and he's, but, but he has to run the ball and be effective. Right. I mean, he's not a guy that can go up and line up five, five wide, and you're just going to air it out. Right. He's a guy that has to be uh, run the football. And I think prior to the, um, the Oklahoma State-Oklahoma game last weekend, Mike Gundy, he's, who is a character in his own right, he set right. it up perfectly. He said they are essentially almost like a triple option offense. Right. And he has to have the ball in his hands. And I think it was something like he's accounted for close to 60 or 70 percent of their total touches, and the next closest guy is down to the 20s. So Jalen Hurts is going to have the ball. If you stop Jalen Hurts, you stop Oklahoma. Yeah, well, his arm talent's not near what Baker Mayfield and Kyle Murray had. I mean, he has to go on, but it's not good enough for him just to have like an air raid type offense. And so, it, I mean, it's crucial for him to be able to run the ball and scramble and make and create plays. Yeah. Now, another thing we have to mention, C.D. Lamb didn't play in that first matchup. No. So, the fact that they'll have him back is huge for him because best wide receiver and arguably top five in the country. Okay. I'd, I'd even say top three. I mean, he's that good. Yeah. And so, him and two, just pick two of the Alabama wide receivers and you probably have top three wide receivers. Justin Ross. I mean, yes. I mean, you're talking about all those guys. But uh, I'm going to take Oklahoma to win the game. Um, like I said, I see you laying down the game. Oklahoma's defense looked a lot better last week against Oklahoma State. On the road, that was the more impressive part. So, I think Oklahoma wins the game probably about two touchdowns, maybe ten. So, we'll see. But I, I have them win the game. I think Baylor's a good team. I just don't – I just think it's a very surprising year. Yeah. Um, great job by uh, – what was the name? Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Yeah, and so, I think he's done a great job with that program. What was it, two and ten, two years ago? Or one? I mean, they were terrible. And so, well, they had all these just scandals that 
broke out with the end of our Riles being yeah. there, and I think that for them to see, exactly, and to be in the Super Texas, and you already have, to be not University of Texas and have that name, right, um, yeah, they're not bad, by the way. They're, they're not back. <laughs> I, I, on another episode, we're going to talk a lot about Texas. Right. Uh, there was some people on ESPN talking about, and I think it was actually on game day last weekend where Kirk Herbstreit said, I don't know to this younger generation that Texas has that name flash brand. Because really, they haven't been relevant since 2009. <laughs> I mean, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, the Cole McCoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cole McCoy, when they went to the next year, right. Alabama won that. Right. Uh, but you're right, Vince Young in 2006. I mean, for us, yeah. Like if you would have told me as a high school senior, yeah. If you would have told me as a high school senior, Texas is something I'm like, whoa. Because Texas is one of those premier programs, and I just think they've been gone and off the national stage for so long that these other upcoming kids, that just doesn't. It's not the old Texas team. It's it's not. And so we'll talk about more about that, especially after this week when recruiting opens up and it's about to be the coaching carousel, all this stuff. Some of them coaches are already visiting recruits. Like that's when I was on the man. I know he's already on the recruit. Troy's got two commits this week. If you look at Twitter and the amount of coaches that I think Nick Saban's been all across the southeast already. This yeah, week. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. It's cool to see, but Oklahoma, I think they will. I mean, they're yeah. just they're, they're you see getting CD Lamb. He's that big of an X factor in this offense. Uh, Baylor's a good story though. I mean, they're going to yeah. go. They, they, I guess they'll go to a New Year's Six Bowl after the Big Twelve. Uh, well, maybe not. We'll see what happens if Oklahoma's able to get in. What's but all of that depends on what we talk about next. The SEC championship. Obviously, us being an SEC country, we're going to profile this one the biggest one, and, and rightfully so. And I'm going to preview. And I'm going to say this before we get into it. The SEC year in and year out shows it's one of the most competitive, if not the best conference in college. Danny Cannell would agree. Danny Cannell would not agree, but I think Danny Cannell makes his living off of <laughs> not agreeing. He's clickbait. That's He's all clickbait. Is. Yeah, it is. And so when you look exactly what this team does, what they want to do, every SEC team, it's really interesting to see because LSU has really just taken on a whole new identity under Joe Burrow and, and uh, Mr. Brady. Not wow. Tom, but I think it's Joe Brady's his name, who came over from the Saints and kind of reinvented this. Resurrected. They all Resurrected. They beat Alabama for the first time in eight years. And then you're talking about possibly, I think there's five really good teams in this conference. And those five would be, let's just go down, LSU, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, Auburn. And then those are elite teams. And I think if you took those five against the five from any other conference, okay, Ohio State, they, yeah, they're good. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think Ohio they State, beat all those Ohio teams. Ohio State's maybe the highest potential beat all those teams. Wisconsin, no. two one-dimensional, Penn State, Overrated. Yeah, Michigan yeah. has no offense. Okay, so then you go to nothing for ACC. Not even oh, that's terrible. Big 12. Oklahoma may be able to beat a Florida or maybe an Auburn if Auburn plays it consistently. Yeah, I mean, Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Baylor's not beating any of those teams. Pac 12, they, we've seen Oregon and Auburn play, yeah. and that was a great game, but you're barely beating, and I understand that's weak one, and I get the teams change and they develop and they grow an identity throughout the season. Right. But if you have. Let's just say the fourth best team in the SEC or the third best team in the SEC. Right. What do you think you're going to do against LSU? What do you think you're going to do against Georgia Tech, who's the number one, number two overall defense in the country? Uh, so we go into that. You look at this matchup. Obviously, this had this has the most implications, and, and it kind of it kind of stinks for both sides because maybe not for LSU, like I said, LSU's probably clinched their spot no matter what happens. Yeah, they're. But for Georgia fans, it kind of 
other stakes because this is playoff game. The SEC championship is a, almost a quarterfinal game to get into the playoff. It's a playoff right. to get into the playoff. And I think I, I like that some years because then there's some years people think that this LSU Georgia matchup is probably going to be better than whoever won Ohio State plays that whole spot. If, if LSU wins the game. Because then you're pushing a Utah or an Oklahoma up in there. And I don't see either of those teams beating Ohio, especially a yeah. team that hasn't played anyone on the level right. of Ohio State all season. But we get in this game. What are your, what would we go to this? What are your three keys? What has to happen? And, and I want you. This is what I want you. I want you to take your Georgia visor off at the door and leave it there. And I want you to say, what has to happen for each team to win this ball game? Offensively, it's going to be tough without Pager for the entire game, no. <clears throat> and then not having Pickens for the first half. I mean, that's just going to be killer because you get your two best wide receivers, two best playmakers. I mean, he's probably our best playmaker, but I mean, that's killer for your offense. I think we got to run the ball. I think we need to dominate the common possession. I think if we control that and we're able to run the ball, I think it's going to help. Um, I think we have to establish a play action through that because if we if we establish a run game and we're able, you know, to you know control the line of scrimmage and have some explosive plays and play action, I think it's going to help us a lot. I think Dominic Blaylock's going to have a big game because he's going to be the most relied upon receiver um, in the receiving courts because he's probably the best receiver that we have right now. Yeah, and he's a freshman, so. We're relying on a freshman to do most of the work. And, and they're talented. And they they're really talented are. Guys. They really are. But we'll see how they do against the LSU secondary. I don't know how they're going to do. Um, defensively, they're going to have their hands full. Or, yeah, going to have their hands full. Um, I just don't know how much we're going to be able to contain Joe Brady. Uh, Joe Brady. Well, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe, yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow offense. and Joe Brady. But um, I don't know. I think if we're on the – Field the entire time, kind of like Auburn was. Their defense was with us. I mean, they were on the field the entire game. They got worn out. We were able to control the game until the fourth quarter when we started playing soft zone, and they yeah. kind of came back. But um, if our defense is able to not be on the field the entire game, I think we're going to be able to get some stops. They're going to score. They have the best offense in the country. They're going to just don't just don't. Don't be a blind Georgia fan and say, we have the best defense in the country. They're going to score, score seven points. Like, they are going to score about 28 Probably they're going to score about 28 points, and it's just going to happen. Don't freak out. I think you're going to see Georgia come out and play really well in the first half, just like the Alabama game last year. Don't think it's just game over because I'm te- I really feel like it's going to be this, the exact same thing. I think we're going to come out firing. We might go up 13-0, 10-0, 14-0. I mean, I really do. I think we're going to come out hot. It's just a matter of how well our defense plays throughout the game and if they don't get tired. Um, secondary is going to play extremely well. They got their hands full with um, Jefferson. Uh, the receiving corps are incredible. Though. I think they're going to have to do a great job at containing them. I think Kirby's going to do a phenomenal job at dialing up some blitz packages, um, some zone coverage. I think we're going to be running zone yeah. uh, blitzing a ton. I don't think you're going to see us in a lot of man coverage. Um, I think we have the ability to. I think our DBs are that good. Um, but I think he's going to try and confuse uh, Burrow up a lot. I think he's going to have to. Um, kind of like he did with Tua. Tua didn't do anything. I know he got injured, but, I mean, he he, he dialed up some great blitzes, um, some confusing zone coverages that Tua really couldn't figure out. Because then he get, what, two picks in the first quarter? Yeah. Um, last year in the SEC championship. So, um, 
I don't think that it's impossible for us to win this game. I'm not like I don't think that LSU just has this easily. I really don't. I'm picking LSU to win the game. I think they win by seven. I think we're gonna have a chance at the end of the game to come down, score a touchdown, tie the game, and we fall short. I know you hear that a lot from Georgia, from Georgia fans, from Georgia yeah. fans but um, I think LSU's just that good. Um, us not having Cager and then we're not gonna pick him. I think that's huge. I mean, we're not having our two best receivers. Um, Swift is apparently not probably 100%, so we'll see. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, we're kind of banged up on the offense a little bit, and I think they're fully healthy. So, Yeah, and it's, a, it's an LSU team that is very dangerous offensively. That's been well done. I mean, they scored 74 touchdowns right. this year. Yeah, that's given, insane. And Georgia's given up 12. It's one, one rushing things, touchdown. One rushing touchdown to Auburn, and I think that's one of the views <clears throat> of this game is that one thing's going to have to give. You have the best defense in the SEC versus the best offense, and and you wouldn't want it any other way. From a from a neutral side, from a, from a neutral side, man. If I'm if I'm an Alabama or an Auburn fan watching this, Florida, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, I'm still interested in football at this point. It's going to take a huge pick from Georgia, and whether it's a pick sit, I think we're going to have to win the turnover. I think that's how we win this game. I think if we if we win the turnover battle, I think we win the game. What's well, what Kirby Smart's talking? He's wanting to create. Havoc, yeah, chaos. That's right. really their duty. They're relying on some young guys, Nicobe Dean, Jermaine Johnson, who he is a junior, but this is his first Tyreek year. Stevenson. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, Nolan uh, Smith, Nolan Smith, and you know you're going to rely on some young guys to make some big plays on the LSU side of things. You know, if I'm, you know, Joe Burrow is the ultimate competitor, and he is, you know, a guy who is kind of, you know, looked past in Ohio right. State, and I think that he's kind of taken this on his shoulders now after a year at LSU where. Things probably didn't go the way they wanted to last year. I mean, this guy this year is—he's on a man on a mission. He's the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. He's on. He's—I mean, yeah. To me, I've never seen—I think we talked about something. I've never seen a Heisman Trophy campaign wrapped up so quickly. Oh yeah, it's not—it's not close. I mean, it, it's been like that since October. I mean, <coughs> it you, really has. You've had guys like Justin. Vincent. Okay, Phil's probably going to win one in his time. Maybe next year he's been the front runner. So. But. Joe Burrow's had this thing wrapped up since day one. It's been incredible. So you look at the LSU side of things. They have that. Their defense, uh, they have Grant Delvin. Their safety, I'm pretty sure he, that's their safety's name. Yeah. He's had a down year. This, this LSU defense. He's been banged up a lot this year. He's been banged year. up a, year, a lot this year. I think that LSU is going to have a situation where, you know, Georgia's going to look. It's what do you trust more? Right. Do you trust LSU's defense more or do you trust Georgia's offense? That's the unknowns. And so yeah. for Georgia fans, oh, we don't trust the offense. You know, Mike Bobo just got let go. Well, we, we need to go get Mike Bobo back. Offensive analyst. Offensive analyst. Let's bring him in. But uh, I think when you look at exactly what's going to have to happen, I mean, LSU's dynamic. Uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Elaire. They're, they're, I think that's his, the running back's name. I don't want to put I know his last name is Edwards. Edwards-Elaire. He has that double last name. Or, or yeah. however you say it, I'm going to completely saying it wrong. That's a terrible job by me. But uh, we should be knowing what we're talking about. But it's someone that he's diving in. Right. He, to me, he's like Darren Sproles out there. I mean, he can do it really is. That's a perfect comp. He, he is a small, shifty guy, but I'm telling you that he's not afraid of contact. No. He's, he's going to be. He's going to catch the ball in the backfield. So whether that's former LSU commit now Georgia, um, good inside starting inside linebacker uh, Monty Rice, yeah. he's going to have to be on him the entire game. They're going to have to put something on, on him. You talked about the receiving core for LSU. Burrow's playmaking ability, not only with his arm and flex, he brings a different aspect. Not quite yeah, like Tua did. Really not did. quite like Tua did, or not quite like a Bo Nix, 
but he can run, and yeah. he's and he's not going to give up a play. He makes smart decisions. He's a senior. I mean, we talked. You you said you mentioned Tua last year, and Tua to me still had some of those tendencies that you thought he was a sophomore in college. Right. And we're talking about a guy, so a guy who was unreal. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and with all respect to Tua, this is a guy, Joe Burrow, who he's played on the big stage. He's had a quarterback battle at Ohio State that he comes out. He's played for two of the right. most prestigious programs in college football. He knows what it takes. Their LSU is hungry for an SEC title. Right. Um, I mean, it's going to be when four o'clock kicks off. When four o'clock comes around, kickoff time. Listen, it, you, you can throw everything. We're singing away. There's going to it's going to be two teams playing for sixty minutes on the football field, and, we'll, and, and three and a half hours later, we'll, the dust will settle. We'll figure it out. But I think LSU and some of things, their defense is going to have to get pressure. I think if Georgia comes out, and, and there was a thing, you know, was talking with a good friend Brandon Sudge earlier this week, and he said, you know, I think it was Tyler Simmons who talked about there's a lot of things that we haven't shown. And I'll ask you this. Is that something that you think is a bluff? Because I don't think at this point in the season I you're mean, going to. I mean, when's the 13th game of the season? You're what, not going to unveil What are you waiting until the 13th game to unveil? Like, I, I, I saw him say that. I'm like, you know, that's probably not one of the best things to say because yeah. we're in the – Probably the most important game of the season and the thirteenth game. If you if you hasn't if you hadn't shown something by now, I don't know if you probably will. I mean you may have a trick plate or two. You may be calling Gus Malton for a tip as to how how to have a trick play or you know, execute it. I mean, I, I don't know, like a lot I don't know. I, I didn't look too much into that. I mean, I think we're gonna you're gonna see a lot of what we've been using all year long. Yeah. Um I think you may see a trick play, though. I mean, we're the dogs. I mean, I think we're going to have to do something to catch them, catch them off balance. You may see an onside kick, you know, second or third quarter when we're maybe only up seven or if it's a tie ball game. When you, kind of when you least expect it type moment. I think you may see something like that. Because um, Georgia has to do something. I mean, we're kind of lagging on offense as far as playmakers go. I think you're gonna, we're going to do everything we can to win the game. And, you know, if it doesn't work, you're going to be like, that was so dumb, Kirby. I mean, and if it works, you're going to be like, oh, that was the best call ever. That's Kirby, yeah, Kirby's a great coach ever. It's one of the dangers and one of the tough jobs in coaching, uh, right. making those kind of calls. And I think you talked about as well the time of possession. And I was talking to someone, they pointed out to me, well, you can hold the ball for as long as you want, but you're not scoring. And Georgia's going to have to be efficient in the red zone, too. And, and listen, Correct. you're not going to be able to kick field goals every single time. No. You're, you're, I mean, because if you hold the ball for eight, nine minutes every drive, kick a field goal. But if LSU goes down and scores for two minutes with a touchdown, and seven points. Last time I checked, seven points is better than three. Yeah. So I think, but but it's one of those things that the efficiency for Georgia is a key in this game. In the red zone, can they get? Can they put the ball in the end zone? Can they get six? Because if they can do that, they got a chance. And we're talking about this Georgia team as well. It's like man, they're struggling. They're eleven and one. I mean, yeah. they're they're an, they the potential is there. They have a very interesting group of young. And veteran guys, like you said, defensively they're not going to lose a ton. They're going to lose J.R. Reed, um, who I honestly, when you look at a guy who is really wasn't highly touted, and I think he was a two or three star. Came out of Tulsa, Tulsa. He didn't even play his freshman year. The only reason he came to Georgia, and there's no disrespect to J.R. Reed, and I think yeah. you know this was because his cousin D'Angelo Gibbs <coughs> was a five star who's late now never played the down in Georgia, and now he's at Tennessee. University of Tennessee. But he's a guy who's emerged as a leader for this defense. Yeah, and, and I think when you see what he's been able to do. The finals for the Jim Thorpe Award. Jim Hunt's Jim Thorpe Award. I think when you see a guy also, you know, I was reading an article this morning, uh, prep for this, that uh, Seth Emerson wrote in The Athletic, and he talked about this Georgia offense, defense is not a team that I talked about doesn't have a star. You have Jerry, the kind of untouted guy. You have a guy uh, in Tate Crowders, 
just down the road. He was a three-star recruit uh, that went to Georgia as yeah. a uh, running back. And, and this is this is the thing about Tay. And you know, I we I had the opportunity to watch him in high school, and I, I played against him. You, you, you played against him. A nasty stiff arm. He was a great running back. Yeah, he, he, was. he played alongside Taquan Marshall, who was a uh, really good quarter, um, triple option quarterback at, at Georgia Tech, and he kind of. <laughs> Paul Johnson even said he's probably one of the best to really come through and run this type of ball. Right. He was really effective for them. But you look at Tay and the storyline. I mean, he goes to Georgia with, I think it might have been Gurley's senior year, and Chubb and Michelle, and he's sixth on depth chart. Yeah. And you see he what had to make a name for himself. He had to make a name for himself. Kirby switches him over, and the guy – was a finalist, or at least a semifinalist. I think it was a semifinalist. He was a semifinalist for the Big Award. I mean, that speaks volumes. And this thing, too, this is no disrespect to Tay Crowder. And what's a phenomenal player? He's worked player in the Player development is huge in college. Mm-hmm. And you see a guy in the Kobe Dean who was He's going to be unreal. He's going to be unreal. But who's getting the majority of the snaps? Tay Crowder. Yeah. And Kobe Dean's worked in there, and I think he's going to continue. He has that sideline to sideline speed. But Tay Crowder has a nose for football. He has the intangibles as a senior, a five-year senior. You just can't teach. You can't coach that. Uh, he knows the game of football. I think he's going to be a big reason uh, why, with him and Monty Rice there in the middle, that Georgia can have a chance. And he's a big reason for their success this year. But Georgia doesn't have that 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 stud they had. Where in the past years it's been a guy like uh, Raquan Smith, been a guy like Leonard Floyd or Jordan Jenkins, or you know back even further, a guy like uh, Rennie Curran, who was a uh, guy that. George that was unreal gave a plane flying overhead here. Um, pick off. Pick off. Yeah, we're getting ready for pick off. But, <laughs> but I think when you look exactly at what, what it has to happen, what has to happen, uh, listen, we can start talking about it all day. When, when you As I say we're talking off, about it, I'm starting to believe that George is going to win more and more. <laughs> but I called Matthew early in the week, and he said, listen, man, uh, we know what's going to happen, and it's gonna, this is going to happen. But I want to get you this right here. What we'll do, who is your player to watch? Or position group to watch for both teams, and your prediction top score. So go ahead. Who is your player to watch for Georgia? You kind of mentioned Tyreek Stevenson. I think Tyreek Stevenson and Richard LeCount. I think those are going to be the two main guys to watch for. Um, I saw some cool tape. I forgot the guy's name on Twitter is, but he showed some good looks against Auburn. And Tyreek Stevenson made some great plays. Yeah. Um, he's kind of that middle guy who's going to get those short crossing routes in the middle of the field. You know, uh, Justin Jefferson. And I forgot the other wide receiver's name. I'm they're so, good, though. They're, they're, no, they're good. <laughs> but uh, those crossing routes in the middle, um, I know he did a great job against Auburn at denying those short passes for Bo Nix. And then just containing uh, Burrow from not scrimming out of the pocket. Um, I'm going to see some cornerback blitzes. Exactly. Exactly. And Burrow likes to throw the ball downfield, and that's why I think Richard LeCount, I mean, he's going to have to have a big game for us. George is going to be tested vertically. Right, exactly. In, in a lot of ways where Notre Dame didn't test them like that. Florida tried to a couple times. Auburn really didn't. And we had the we had the players in um, – we had the defensive backs in order to be a man. We got Eric Stokes, who's been unreal for us this year. Tyson Campbell. Eric Stokes, where's the wood? He has not a lot of touchdowns in his exactly. career. And Tyson Campbell's healthy. We're now healthy. DJ in the second, We're now healthy in the secondary. I think that's going to be huge for this game. So, I – I'm getting more confident as I start talking about this game. But I think we have a good chance. I think our defense is that good. You can say the whole same defense wins championships. We'll find out this Saturday. Kirby Smart has the defense. You talked about that defense that Alabama had in the beginning. 
you remember, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say Jake Fromm's the same as a Greg McElroy and AJ McCarron. I mean, I agree. But when I mean Jake Fromm's a great quarterback. I mean he's a good quarterback. But when you go to, when you look, a lot of those Alabama teams are built really similar to this Georgia team. And Fromm has a guy who's a, he's a he's a game manager, and that's what Fromm's able to do. If Fromm goes out there and throws for 175, two or two touchdowns, we win the game. I, I bet he has a great that. game. I really do. I think he's regressed this year, and I been a very big critic of him this year, yeah. just watching. But I think he has a big game. I really do. He comes up big in the big games. I'm going to say that. Probably didn't show up that well in the second half against Bama in that C championship last yeah. year. But Maybe that was conservative play calling. And you could say that. Well, whatever it was. I think he shows up. I think he has a great game. I think the key for LSU is the run game. Yeah. I think they're going to have to run the ball. I, I know Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the country. That's no... That's a fact. But you can't be one-dimensional. They can't be one-dimensional because George is going to be able to pick pick up on that. I think their defense is good enough to pick up on that. And, and the coaching staff is good enough to make halftime adjustments. I think we're going to make them run the ball. And I think our front four isn't just going to be another key. I mean, probably not going to – I think we do blitz a lot, but we're going to have to control the line of scrimmage on that side of the ball um, in order to stop the run game. And if we make them one-dimensional, I think that's where we're going to be able to see Joe Burrow make a mistake. Maybe two. I don't see him making two mistakes. Hey, we got to make a mistake all year. <laughs> and, that's, and that's my point. Like, it's unrealistic. Now, if we force him to make two or three picks, that's not happening. I mean, if we get yeah. one pick, I think that's huge. Maybe a forced fumble in the run game. I don't know. But if we stop the run game and make them one-dimensional, that's going to be huge for our offense. And then staying on the field, get some scores, I think that's where the turnover game comes in. If we, you know, get a turnover on their side of the field and we turn that into points, Momentum is everything. It is. And but we've seen Georgia not be able to hold a lead this year. Or really finish teams yeah. off. Yeah, and just finish teams awesome. off and just run it down the throats. And I think if if we're in that position, we're up ten in the fourth quarter, I don't want to see us just run the ball every single time and then on third and ten just throw it incomplete. Like we can't do that. We have to run I mean we're gonna have to we're gonna have to just kill them. Yeah. <laughs> as that, physical. At that point. Yeah. And, you know, Pass the ball. I don't care. You got to do what it takes to win those type of games. And if you let a guy like Joe Burrow go, if you, we go three and out, give him the ball and just play a soft zone, he is going to dice us up. 1,000%. He will. And so that's another thing I'm just really worried about. We haven't been able to finish the team off. So that's why I worry about us like having the lead yeah. like that way the game against that great of an offense. So we'll see. I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a one touchdown game. Honestly, I don't think they're going to be as far more than a touchdown. Um, well, I think it's for the second half. Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know like who's going to win. I think it's I think it's a toss up. You got to give me a score prediction. You got to give me a score prediction. Here, you're going to give mine. Mine. Twenty-eight, twenty-four, LSU. All right. Okay. So he's 28-24 LSU. Uh, I'll give mine real quick. My uh, X factor for LSU is going to be their offensive line. You talked a lot about what. Georgia's defensive line is going to have to do, and how they're and you, your expectation was kind of the running backs. I think the offensive line for LSU is going to have to do a good job of protecting Burrow and right. really a uh, good good job of getting a push against the Georgia defensive line. That once again they don't have one good standout, but they have a really solid rotation of about six or seven guys they can put in there. I mean Adam Anderson is a five-star recruit that comes in specifically for Patty rushing situations. Yeah, a long, athletic guy reminds people a lot of Leonard Floyd, Trayvon Walker, another Trayvon freshman, Walker, a freshman who. 
on that sack against Bo Nix, there's no way a guy that is lining up over the center should be able to make that sack. I mean, uh, he he's has such great speed. I think LSU's offensive line is going to have to do a great job, and they've done a good job all season. Can they do it now on the biggest first stage they've been so been so far and under the brightest lights? The X factor for the Bellhawks for me. You talked about this receiving court that's kind of been depleted. We have for, we've seen. This weird thing of where Demetrius Robinson will be in a game plan and then never thrown to, it's real weird. Mine is James Cook. I Ooh. think James Cook is going to have to come up big because Zamir White, I don't think you can put him on him no. quite yet. They're going to run swift, but you remember Karen Johnson two years ago had a shoulder injury. Georgia kept hitting him. We're going to see if that's even a real injury or not, but but Brian Harrion's going to be in there. I think James Cook, whether it's um, misdirection plays, whether he's lining up in the slot, I think he's going to come have to come up big and make it score a touchdown. I think he scores a touchdown Saturday uh, in a big way, kind of in the way that they utilized Nicole Hardman in the national championship game. I like that. And so I think James Cook, although Nicole Hardman can spread the defense players, out. He speed. can spread the defense out. He, they're going to have to do something because yeah. if not, LSU's going to load the box, and we're not. That, that's that's where not having Kane Jerry Pickens hurts. And I think game planning wise, they're going to have to use James Cook to do that. Right. Uh, my prediction. Kind of like yours, I'm going 27-21 LSU. I think LSU just does enough. I think Georgia gets off to that quick start, but kind of stalls as LSU makes some good halftime adjustments. And it's not that Georgia's a bad football team. It's just that LSU's very, very good. They're very yeah. good. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a great game no matter what. Ask you, we'll, we'll talk about this next week. We'll talk about it next week. I was going to give you your playoff top four. Since you predicted the LSU to win, Who's your fourth team? Just real quick, and we'll go in depth on that next week. If Utah has... And assuming we have, just say, assuming LSU beats Georgia, which I think they jumped to number one. I think Utah has to convincingly beat Oregon to get in the playoffs. Over an Oklahoma team? Yes. I think... And you can say the same for Oklahoma. I think whoever has the more... I think that this conference championship weekend, if obviously Georgia loses, is big. And I think it's going to be more of an eye test. I think... Whichever they see win their conference championship more convincingly, who has a more complete game, I think that's who they're going to let in the playoffs. Because yeah. neither has a good resume whatsoever. No, there's, at all. there's not really an impressive resume. But, Both teams. Yeah. Utah has a loss to USC, who finished 8 4. Um, Oklahoma lost to Kansas State, yeah. who's going to a bowl game. So it's kind of just those, are these teams kind of comparable? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. I think it's just going to. Really depend on how each team plays in their bowl, in their uh, conference championship. I think if you see Utah be Oregon about 21 points, 18, 20 points, and you see Oklahoma struggle with Baylor and they barely beat them, you're going to see uh, Utah get the playoff. Which I think Baylor's a better football team than Oregon. Either uh, way, uh, which I think LSU should get the number one seed, but we can talk about that. We're going to talk about that next week when the rankings come out post-conference exactly. uh, post championship weekend. Matthew will be back with us as we will be back here, same location, same time. I want to say this, too, though. If Georgia wins and LSU's okay. in and Oklahoma and Baylor win, you're going to get so much out of order. 16 playoff. We need a 16 playoff. And that conversation is going to continue to keep happening. I think the match you can raise it to is eight games. You we start don't, to water we don't want to turn this into March Madness, have a 64 team. With a playing game in Dayton. <laughs> yeah. no, we, don't, we, don't we don't want that. And, you know, football's a real physical sport. It takes a toll on these players' bodies. And you got to remember, they're student athletes. They got school, they got finals. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a, it's a tough life for these student athletes. And yeah. they have a lot going on. Like I said, they're doing all this during finals. So, 
I mean, this is really tough for them. Yeah. And so, I think you can. I, I think you can just. I wish during finals, I was Exactly. But I mean, like they got to worry about doing two days. I mean, they got workouts in the morning, so they have a lot going on. And so, I don't think you can just casually bring out. Okay, let's just do a twelve-team playoff, and this last entire like. I mean, they got to have time to do something, and so. Um, I, if anything, you want to see them take out conference championships. If they do make a six or an eighteen playoff, take out conference championships, and then maybe you do the play-in game. Yeah. Maybe one and two seed have a bye, so that won't be for another couple of years down the road. But I think that's the match you can raise it to. College football offers <coughs> so much debate, so much discussion. It's a three hundred sixty-five, twenty-four-seven. Uh, discussion that you can have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. No matter what happens this weekend, we're going to come back with recruiting stuff. I, I'm telling you, this is not a college football podcast, but just the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's the hot topic. It's the right hot now. topic right now. The NFL. Okay. We Lamar. need the Falcons need to lose every game so we can get Derek Brown or Chase Young. That is the only thing that Falcons fans want. If we lose, that's a win in our book. It is. No, you're not wrong. The NBA, uh, you're a Lakers fan. They're un- unreal. I'm a Hawks fan. Oh, oh. They do. I mean, they just listen. They got to get some more guys in there. And then not having John Collins hurt. You're just dumb. <laughs> Trey Young, baby. He's going to be great. He's, he's already great, but he's he's going to be a stud in the league for years to come. But it's really fun watching Lakers right now. NBA, oh, the Lakers are fun to watch. Then you obviously have um, college football wrapping up here. College basketball starting to get in full swing. Um, Georgia with a big win over Chaminade last week. Last week in the uh, tournament. I wish we could pull that, pull off that win against Michigan State. That would have been awesome. That would have been great. But listen, this has been a very long episode. How long are we at right now? I have no idea. I don't have a timer. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think my my sister just commented and said, "This has gone on way too long. You need to stop talking." Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. <laughs> um, we appreciate everything. We also want to give a shout out to Brian Bouchon. He's been a caller in on the show, commented a lot. Um, I told, I think it was three weeks ago when I did the show, it's been about myself, I told when we had the call in line, I said, uh, we're going to select a caller to win one free t-shirt. Brian Michon's the winner of that, so Brian, we're going to connect with you to get you that shirt. And listen, we have some awesome new interviews, um, some great new stuff coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got some new locations we're going to be visiting as well. We're going to have to head west to Birmingham, Alabama. I heard yeah. I have to make that, uh, that change as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. But we appreciate you watching. We appreciate you listening. Listen, I guess... Thanksgiving's over. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And Christmas time's in full swing. They got, sweet, they, got, and we, they got Sweet Caroline playing here at Cook's. One of the best songs of all time. Go Red Sox, I guess. Not Go Reds. Go Reds. It's hey, Cole, Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to have a ton to talk about. If you think yeah. just because we're going to full season's about to end, we're going to have recruiting and we're going to have the hot stove that is just the Braves. There's been about like 12 free agent signings. The Braves have made 10 of them. The Braves have 10 of them. It's going to be unreal. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. We want to thank you, Matthew Lang, Bryce Coon. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in. And make sure to follow us on all social media. And make sure to follow Matthew Lang. I don't know what your Twitter handle is, but it's entirely too long. And I can't stand tagging it on our posts. <laughs> it's like Maddie underscore I628 or something. 628. He just can't. It's, not as, bad, it's it. not as bad as a good friend of ours, Hunter Greens, who's just horrible. <laughs> A horrible Twitter it's handle. It's like 10 numbers. I'll pay you to change it. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. But we want to appreciate everyone for watching. And have a fun, restful weekend. And enjoy a great weekend. Restful, so yeah. That's a, restful. Not if you're Good a dog.